0: I can get away with this title for one more week without searching and thinking of a title sometimes for an hour or two. We're still in riches. Chapter one, verse 13, we have been sharing a list of our riches in Christ ever since we went through verse three and I have never before thought so much or thought of the portion of this verse in the way I've been impressed on my heart lately. He hath blessed us with spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. And we have been sharing these blessings for several weeks. It's it's hard to get through more than a A couple of them at one time because there is so much here. And so again, here we are in just two verses tonight as we look at these spiritual blessings. The spiritual blessings of being saved by Jesus. The blessings of believing in Jesus. And then we'll close tonight with the blessings of the sealing with The Holy Spirit, verse 13, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, Until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Is that a mouthful or what? And there is a lot there. If you didn't absorb it all, um, stay around and maybe God will help us to understand a little bit of this as we get started. And we talk about the blessing of being saved by Jesus. As you look in verse 13, there you're going to see two words together, and you're going to see those words together two different times. It says, In home, in home. And you go back to verse 12, and and obviously we're speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look, salvation is not in a plan. Salvation is not in a prayer. Salvation is in a person. The person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul uses the phrase in Christ so many times and that's what is being said here. Whom? Who is whom? It is the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation is is in him in Jesus Christ there is salvation and without Jesus Christ there is no salvation there is no redeeming of our soul there is no being okay with God and being able to go to heaven if if there's no Jesus Christ okay salvation is not possible without Jesus without Jesus Christ we are nothing and there would be no salvation without him in acts chapter four and verse 12 it says for there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved and and what is that name you go back to acts 410 and it's jesus christ of nazareth only in him i've i've Never been much on putting a Christian bumper sticker on my car, but I really like one I saw one time and I probably told you about it before. It said uh, Jesus and then dot, 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 no other name. And I liked that. I don't know if my driving would always correspond with it, but I tell you what, that, that was a good bumper sticker. And that is good truth. Salvation is only in him and in no other Jesus Christ of of Nazareth, that reference says there in Acts that we talked about. And and a lot of people, a lot of unbelievers took pleasure in, in including Jesus with Nazareth because they said nothing good came out of Nazareth. Well, I guess they're fooled because the only way to be saved is in this person of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There is no other way you know we haven't learned anything yet i thought about that in this lesson and think about it we haven't learned a thing yet you know we we teach this though and we preach that salvation is in Jesus Christ only and if i were a guest in, in a church somewhere that i would love for that to be the first thing i heard that there is salvation in none other than Jesus Christ It is unbelievable how many churches consider themselves Christian churches and they do not preach this truth. So praise God just to share the blessing, the spiritual blessing that we have that Jesus saves, that we are saved by Jesus. You know, salvation is a miracle and it happens in Christ and Christ alone, Christ plus nothing else and look that's not just a catchy baptist phrase that's true and who knows among those that are here tonight or listening online are you depending on anything else does jesus need any help from you or anything else to save you because that's great concern about what true salvation is Because I didn't have to get wet in a body of water to be saved. I was saved by faith in the Lord Jesus and Jesus alone. And that's the only way to be saved. Jesus gives eternal life, which is actually when we're looking at these blessings, that's the first blessing that someone needs. That's the only blessing that someone can can have first I mean, that's the only one that comes first is to know and to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and salvation in Jesus. What a blessing it's presented in the word. Thank God for the word of truth and the gospel of salvation in Jesus that we find in the Bible. If you're here tonight and you're saved, you heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. You either heard it in your reading of the word of God. Someone read it to you. Someone preached the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The good news of him for our sins according to the scriptures. Or they witnessed it to you in some way. Romans chapter 10 around verse 14. You look in there and you will see that how how are they going to believe unless they hear and so it's by the the hearing or the preaching of the gospel that some one might be saved some have rejected Jesus Christ Jesus, once you're once you're drawn, uh, I, I can't tell you that I've seen all of these spiritual things and this spiritual warfare that goes on and and be clear with my own eyes. But I but I tell you, in some instances, I, I clearly believe that people have rejected salvation when they were drawn to be saved. Um, and 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 that's a sad thing. But so many have rejected the salvation that God offers. Some haven't heard it yet, but I'm thankful that missionaries are continuing to be faithful and to go to the ends of the earth to preach the gospel of salvation. I'm, I'm thankful that we support missionaries who are preaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ because some haven't heard it yet, but we have. What a blessing! That we have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. It takes that to be saved. I tell you what. When you heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you were saved. It was no accident that it happened. It's no accident when someone walks into a true church. And hears the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think of my own testimony. I know it better than any other. And my sister-in-law went down the road. To, to a Baptist church in town. And then she told Shelly about it. And Shelly wanted to go. And she asked me. And I wasn't real interested. But how bad do I want to look? So, so I went down the road with her. And, and I sat there for four years. I, I, I don't know what to say about what was wrong. Or what was going on in the sanctuary. But I sat there for four years. I was invited up to Sunday school. And I was convicted the first Sunday I was there. I I had perfect attendance. I should have had a star in cookies because I was there every Sunday morning for six months. And then I was saved. And it was no accident that all of those things happened. When someone is saved, look, God is willing and desirous that his gospel go out and that souls be saved. Wherever you heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, it was no accident whatsoever. It's no accident when someone hears the good news of the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus. It's never an accident at all. The Bible says in Luke chapter 19 for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which is lost and clearly and precisely do you do you understand that that Jesus does the saving Jesus saves i get real troubled at everything someone tells me that they have done in order to be saved when it's jesus who does the saving we are literally saved by jesus he does the saving and we are we are rich we are rich in christ that we're saved by jesus But let's look at the riches and consider the riches of believing in Jesus. Because we do have a part in it. It says in verse 13 that salvation is in Christ. It says in whom twice we have heard the word. And then it says in whom also after that ye believed. Let's just stop right there. That believing is us placing our trust in Jesus Christ. That's what happened when we were saved. We placed our trust in him. We were able to respond to God and the gospel with saving faith. Because we got it from the word. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word. So we heard the word of truth. And we were able to respond. And when we responded. And we placed our faith in Jesus. As sinners. We were forgiven. For all of our sins. The gospel is pure. And it is simple. And he forgives us of all. When he saves us. And we believe. In order to be saved. We we place faith in Jesus Christ. That's our part. But our part stops there. We simply believe. The apostle Paul was asked. By the Philippian jailer. Sirs what must I do to be saved. And he said. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So that is our part. And that is all that our part is. We believe In the Lord. Believing is as far as it goes. To be saved. There's no other requirement. On our part. For a soul to be saved. Okay. It's just believing. We are saved. The second we believe. In that very second. The Holy Spirit comes to live within. And takes up residence in our life. We are not trying to rush to a baptistry. The moment we're saved to be baptized. Now there's nothing wrong with rushing to the baptistry. If you're doing it for a right reason. Just to give an outward expression of your inward faith. But... The baptistry and what takes place there. Baptism is beautiful. But it is not a part of salvation. We are saved by faith alone. In Christ alone. Plus nothing else. We don't go on agonizing in prayer. For some kind of second blessing. That's in salvation. The moment we're saved. We have all that we ever need. I I didn't monitor my life the next day at all. as to the moral standard of it. I was just in awe that the Lord had saved my soul. I'm so troubled by people who who when we talk to them about being saved. And, and And I've asked the question that I got from another preacher one time. I don't know how good it is to do that. But I have asked, give me one reason why you will not be saved right now. And they say many times, because I'm afraid I'm going to go do the same thing tomorrow. that that I've been doing I wasn't thinking about that I wasn't thinking about how I measured up in that moment I wasn't thinking about how I was going to measure up the day after but I knew that Jesus Christ died for my sins and I could believe in Him by faith because I heard the gospel and He would save me we're completely saved we're going to be there in the next chapter Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 we are saved by grace through faith That not of yourselves, it is not, it's the gift of God, it is not of works. What a great spiritual blessing that we've been given, that we have been able to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we had the opportunity for faith in Jesus and we took it and the Lord saved us. That's the first spiritual blessing we will ever experience. Jesus saved us. We believe in Jesus. And in the middle of verse 13, we're going to talk about something for a little while here sealed with the Spirit. Oh, what a great spiritual blessing. I can't believe I haven't talked. I can't believe this doesn't come up in more sermons. I can't believe I haven't talked about this uh, more than I have. In whom also, after that ye believed. Look what the Bible says. Ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Let's just stop right there just for a minute. Because, you know, we we have had the blessing of being saved by jesus we have believed in jesus after we heard the word but let's not forget the drawing and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is in our salvation, okay? The Jesus says the Holy Spirit goes out to reprove the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment and leads guides us into all truth. And the Holy Spirit is the seal Of our salvation. Okay. Ye were sealed with. That Holy Spirit of promise. This was pointed out in some study to me. And I really like. it. We weren't sealed by the Holy Spirit. We were sealed with the Holy Spirit. So so looking at it precisely. It's not so much of what he did. but, But who the Holy Spirit is. He is the seal of our salvation. Wow. Mm. Jesus is the Savior and the Holy Spirit is the seal. Sealed, I can't get over it. Sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Look, everything about that says permanent. I'm not just saying it feels that way. You look up the words, you look up the original language. Everything about that is permanent. Paul uses the word seal here and every reader of that time and us when we learn it will know that, and that someone would be thinking of a king making a decree and the sealing on that decree that was made. They used hot wax a lot of times and it was a permanent thing that took place. I saw for 14 years... From 1997 to 2011, I saw 18 wheelers coming from Brenham, loaded with ice cream, and they would come down 290 and they would come into Houston on past Umble and pull in that little bluebell branch and a fellow named uh, Carl McCall. Had the ETA known to him as to when that 18-wheeler was going to get there. I'm talking, this is overwhelming. Same person, Carl, for 14 years. And when that 18-wheeler would pull in the parking lot, he wouldn't look at who's driving. He wouldn't look at the cab. He wouldn't look at the trailer. He was looking at that seal on the back of that trailer. And the first thing he would do was go up to it and make sure that seal wasn't broken. And he would receive the paperwork. And, and if that paperwork said that there was one pallet of homemade vanilla ice cream uh, on the back of that trailer, that, that means that there was uh, 11 layers of seven sleeves, four half gallons in every sleeve. There would be 308 half gallons of homemade vanilla in the back of that truck by way of the paperwork. And there was a lot of confidence it was going to be there if the seal wasn't broken. Man, Carl be watching for that truck. And he went out there and he grabbed that seal. And to my knowledge, in 14 years, that seal was never broken. And what was said to be in the truck was in the truck after he broke the seal. You had to break the seal to get inside to confirm it. But look, when we're talking about being sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, there is no breaking that seal. When the Lord Jesus Christ saves us and he comes within, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And there's no getting to what we have inside our soul that was given by the Lord. The devil cannot break the seal of the Holy Spirit. We are sealed with the Spirit. And that is permanent. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Look, in commentaries and things I read, nobody talked about this word promise. But hey, that's a big word. When you have promise related to the Lord, broken doesn't belong in the sentence. It doesn't fit whatsoever. The Lord has never broken a promise. Look, salvation, it is a promise. And the Lord doesn't break a promise. He promises to save us if we'll trust in the Lord as our Savior. And we see here that when we do, He seals us with the Holy Spirit. Wow, salvation Look, it's an unbreakable seal and it's an unbreakable promise. It it doesn't get more permanent than that. That's why we believe what we believe. And we see it right here. Being sealed with the spirit, though, it's not only about something permanent, but it's about something powerful. There is a great boldness and a great confidence When we walk in the spirit, there's a boldness and a strength in our service and our witnessing and our standing for the truth. When we have been quickened by the spirit, there is there is an acknowledgement. There's an authentication. We're authenticated by the spirit. I was telling Corey before service that I met a Baptist preacher Monday night. I didn't know he was until the middle of the conversation. And I asked him for his testimony. I've never spoken to the man in my life. And after he gave his testimony, if a hundred people that he knew were to come up and try to tell me that he was not saved and indwelt by the Holy Spirit, I'd fight all hundred of them. I tell you what, it was so evident that this man was a man of God and saved the power of the holy spirit was overwhelming in his testimony to me and i'm not talking about a mushy feeling something or hair standing up on the back of my neck i'm just talking about the impression of the holy spirit and a kindred spirit that is made and the sound of truth the sound of salvation from a soul that has been saved i tell you what there is there is the presence of the holy spirit That authenticates a believer. He just gave me his testimony. He wasn't trying to convince me. That he was saved. He wasn't trying to to say. That the Holy Spirit indwelled him. He did not have to. The Holy Spirit was indwelling. He was simply giving his testimony. And he was authenticated. Uh, I've known people. People have walked the aisle. In church before. And they have said. I'm. I'm tired of trying to think so positive. I'm tired of trying to tell myself over and over that I'm saved. I'm tired of trying to convince other people that I'm saved. There's an issue there. There's an issue there because the Holy Spirit indwelling the believer, it authenticates the believer. And it's there and there's no effort in it. It's the spirit at home in our lives. There is a power that authenticates us as being sealed with the spirit. But we can not only consider how permanent this is and how powerful this is. But let's consider some property. You were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory when the lord saves a soul that soul is marked by the lord the lord knows those who are his and he knows those who are not his it's kind of like you think that some might have the idea that they'll slip in. With church attendance. And the Lord won't d- differentiate. In that time. The Lord knows who are his. And he marks them. He marks them by sealing them. With the spirit. You know I, I had a t-shirt. I don't know where I got it. I don't know what all it said. But I know it said God's property. On it. And there's nothing wrong. With wearing that on the outside. But just know. That you're wearing that on the inside by way of the Holy Spirit. You have been bought with a price. We are God's purchased possession. We are His property. What And what's inside you, look, it cannot be changed. It cannot be tampered with. I've told a lot of you this story before and... And I don't know what to say about preachers telling the same stories a lot. There's just some I like. And, it, and some keep coming to my mind about different things. So some of you have heard, some of you haven't heard about the really nice talkative janitor in a, in a grocery store that I've been to several times. And he came up to me so, so excited one day. And he said, hey, he never knew my name. He just, I was hey. And he said, hey, guess what? The, the store bought me a new broom. He said, and I would show it to you, but it's locked up in the closet and I don't have the key. Aren't you glad that your salvation is locked up and you can't get to it? Because we would mess it up if we could, but we can't. We are Our flesh can't get to what God has sealed within us. Okay. Wow, it cannot be changed. The seal cannot be broken. Let's look at a payment in verse 14, though. Also, the Holy Spirit of promise who we are sealed with is the earnest of our inheritance. That word earnest is a financial term. I don't hear it as much today as I did 20, 25 years ago. The earnest payment, down payment. Maybe I don't deal with finances as much. I I don't know if they use that term anymore or not, but I've heard it a lot. It's a financial term. And earnest speaks of money given as a down payment that guarantees that the balance will be paid. Okay, that's what is given up front as a pledge, as a commitment that the rest is coming. And that doesn't always happen in this world. Some people put some money down on the car, make a payment or two. And and next thing you know, you know, we might not make it to the end. That's not guaranteed, but it's different business when we're talking about the Holy Spirit being the earnest of our inheritance. The down payment on heaven, if you will, is the Holy Spirit dwelling within the believer. Okay, the Holy Spirit is likened unto this down payment. But let us know this, that what Jesus did on the cross was not done in monthly installments. What Jesus did on the cross when he died for our sins was complete and forever. Some of his last words were it is finished. He completely paid in full the ransom price for our soul. That we could be saved. God bought us and he birthed us by the spirit at the same time. And one day soon he's Coming back to get us the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. One day, Jesus Christ is coming back to get his possession. He is coming back to get you and I. And he is going to take us home for eternity in heaven. We are going to glory And the Holy Spirit within is our proof of our heavenly status. We're going home. We're going home one day. And it's guaranteed. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. The assurance of the Holy Spirit living within. We are rich. We are rich by way of the. Ministry of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the person of the spirit living within, you know, and as I think about that, I, I think about instances that we have occasions that we have as children of God that are just undeniable. The Holy Spirit always lives and dwells within. But but how about that moment we were saved? Huh? I, I don't I don't think I knew anything about the Holy Spirit when I was saved but I tell you what, he came to live within. What a what a what a rich, rich occasion that was that, that everyone here in Christ has experienced. Maybe everyone here has experienced the gospel coming out of your voice box in the presence of someone, and that soul was saved right in your presence. Wow. What what an what an amazing spiritual blessing. And and a Holy Spirit moment that was, if you will. How about maybe the preacher would have no idea of your struggle. And what you've been going through. And the answer you need. You are praying for a solution. And the preacher knows nothing about your situation. And in a sermon, you get that solution from the word of God. It's happened to me from someone preaching to me before. What a, what a, what a blessed Holy Spirit occasion. This, the earnest of our inheritance. And the movement of the Spirit. And what happened in our lives. Wow. You think about that. You think about marvelous times. And, and divine moments that you've had in the Lord on this earth. And think about this. These occasions are only a, a foretaste of glory divine. What we get a taste of right, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, the psalm says, what we get a taste of right now is going to be a feast in heaven. Things are good right now as a child of God blessed with believing in Jesus blessed with being saved by Jesus blessed with being sealed with the holy spirit things are good but things are going to be much much better one day one who, how do you explain it one preacher says take take that moment you were saved and that experience and times it by a million and i don't even know how close or how far away that is to what heaven will be like When God comes back for His purchased possession, and we go to heaven, we are going to be so excited in that first hour. And 10,000 years later, we're going to be just as excited. I know there's no time in heaven, but go with me and just consider all throughout eternity, we're going to be just as excited as as the first moment. That we go before our Lord. Praise God. I think of the Psalms. It says. In thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. I think of another Psalm that says. Precious in the sight of the Lord. Is the death of his saints. Well I wonder why. Look what he has Awaiting us. Look what is awaiting you and I in eternity when he returns to redeem the purchased possession that we are. Our inheritance is assured. We are sealed. We are promised. We're purchased. We have the down payment in our hearts. Wow, we are are rich. We are so rich in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us be forever thankful for that. Let us give him praise. He hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. And at the end of verse 14 right here, it says under the praise of his glory. We are so rich in Christ. He has blessed us. We ought to praise Him all the time. You know, and, and I think we agree with that right now. We're in, the, we're in this word. We hear this word. And if, and if we're falling kind of lackluster on praise, all we have to do is look at everything He's done for us. We should praise Him every moment. Praise Him for the riches that we have in Jesus Christ. Well... I don't know what what God has done for you in that. Granddaddy always told me more of the word's going to stick on you than what you're able to give out to others. But I I, I pray that the word is effective for you and 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 a blessing to your life, and you're encouraged and and lifted up by His word. We will begin in verse fifteen next week. Uh, Brother John Weisenbaker, would you close our Bible study in a word of prayer, sir? and privilege it is to gather together and and to worship you in truth and the spirit, Father, and to hear again the wonderful gift that you've given us in Christ Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Father, for your marvelous gift that you've given us in Christ.